Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Evil Oh, I almost got you. Oh, my God. I love that. It's kind of a Chris Locke. Freddy Krueger character yeah. snatches at people. and I would love to go into people's dreams and fucking kill them. <laughs> wow. Terrorize them, rip them to shreds with my knife fingers. It'd be kind of fun. Did and it's only a dreamland, so whatever. That's true. It doesn't count. Did Freddy Krueger ever get romantic with anybody in uh, dreams? Well, I think the story of freddy krueger is he's so mad because he had his heart broken a long time <laughs> earlier wow tom henry's here hey. get the fuck down i feel like i'm like the anti-mike because i i'm only on when mike isn't you know that's true that's true but tom's other time on was when mike was away was there another time i guess you, i guess you've done uh characters on oh. our live shows yeah right so Mike would have been there. I, I like this idea of Tom as the anti-Mike in a way. Yeah. They are kind of different guys, I guess. Or oh. maybe I'm like the Clark Kent to Mike's Superman. <laughs> no, I was going to say, because you saying anti-Mike, mm. it sounded more like, yeah, superhero versus adversary, like in a DC Comics world. Like, mm. yeah, like you're Lex Luthor constantly shaking your fist at Superman. Tom is Lex Luthor... A Superman villain, and Mike is Mike laughing at someone being a villain in a superhero comic. <laughs> no, Tom is super ham, super ham. Tom is Superman, and Mike is just laughing at Superman <laughs> fly as as, as, fly. The, as the villain like is killing Mike. He's just laughing at. <laughs> yeah, well, oh. Mike, you're overseas once again. <laughs> This is what you get. A little fair play a ribbing. A little roasting. See you, yeah. sucker. Oh. Yeah. Even oh, the no. cat's away. Yes. The flood is loose. By the way, I have a little surprise for you guys. Oh, my God. Nice. Yeah. I thought you might enjoy... Um... What is this? What is this? Some cookies. Are those chocolate-covered digestive cookies? Yeah, just uh, <laughs> There's... some cookies for it's... the two of you. What? Oh, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> There's three. Are you going to have one, Tom? No, just Wait three. Wait a second. Three, three cookies for the two of you. We are three 40-year-old men, and you're giving us three cookies? Well. It's just, and he's not having one, so that means three for the well, two I of us. Well, I was thinking oh, right. of having one, but I decided not to, so. This is absurd. So what? Chris and I have to break a cookie in half? And if whatever happens, I don't know. I'll split a half a cookie with you, James. <laughs> no. Tom, what a great uh, move there. Prank. If, if anyone's not familiar, there's a Patreon episode where Mike and I got in a fight because I offered three cookies. And it to was Chris and Mike. epic. It was bad. And I was caught in the middle of it. And I agreed with both of my friends. You. <laughs> I tried to. Mm. You know what? This no, is what, this it's not is fair great. to put you in the middle. What Tom is starting right now. I can see in the future, like, you know how people do, like, Civil War reenactments? Yeah. And people are going to dress up like us and do the three cookie 
uh, situation like way into the future because it'll be so epic. I would put out to the fan base just yeah get together with two of your friends and buy three cookies yeah and see what happens and see what happens see if someone gets really mad at you yeah. I, I did really enjoy listening and record to, it I, en- I loved Cookie Gate yeah and, recording, and I, I also did agree with uh, both sides fair I feel like that's you know the chemistry of well, if all I can uh, here's evil men is I'm I in the middle in? going yeah I yeah. can see yeah yeah I mean to be fair Mike's not here to express his side but no I but I he expressed actually, his side he sure did <laughs> I have I definitely could understand being like hey three cookies what are you a cheap bastard right and I would have laughed and be like you're right because I just wasn't really thinking yeah. about it. But he got so mad at me, and that was what I objected to. But Mike's not here to uh, express himself, so it's not totally fair. But you know what? In our Discord, someone said that on the very first bonus episode, Mike told a story, which I don't, I do not remember this. Yeah, this Mike is told like... a story that when he was a kid, he asked an adult if he could eat an entire bag of cookies or something, and the adult said like. No, you can have a couple. And Mike got really mad at this adult. And oh. and apparently I said, that's crazy. If I was an adult, I wouldn't give you a whole bag to eat. I'd give you a couple so as this well. Was, unconsciously it, like, laid, to them, it was the beginning. Yeah, laying the groundwork for oh. this. So this is an epic tale. And it's growing in legend and mm-hmm. growing in proportion <laughs> of, from the initial moment, which I remember very well oh, because yeah. my nerves were shot oh god it was epic it was like when your parents are fighting and you're in the back seat of the car <laughs> yeah but so i want to say to everyone who does a recreation of cookie gate mm. you also have to record it because that's part of it is yeah. you need the audio evidence of it send in your vids your <laughs> audio yeah release and- an album on band camp yeah. of you and your friends doing cookie gate the winner will receive Three cookies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a night that was. That was at your place, you, and now you, we're in a different now, place. Now I'm just saying, you say you're, you you could see both sides. You were there, too. You could have said, I mean, you didn't get as mad as Mike. No, and I and I split the cookie and left a half for him, but he sincerely wouldn't take it. No, so he I ended was up mad having, at me. So I ended up having two cookies. Which is good. That's a lot. That's a, that's an, uh, an aspect of Cookie Gate that never gets discussed. <laughs> Is I got away with two cookies that night. <laughs> sort of a life lesson. Yeah. That if half a cookie's not good enough for you, another guy's going to get a whole full cookie. It's literally a damned <laughs> Aesop's fable. Tom, <laughs> the now, grasshopper got two cookies. Now, t- Tom, would you say, I think you would, as a my friend, I can get easily frazzled, distracted, things like that. I don't think things through sometimes, mm-hmm. and I get a little distracted, and I do a weird thing that doesn't right. make sense. Yes. That's true, right? Yeah. And that was the situation with the cookies. I was frazzled. I'm like, yeah. what can I give them? I don't know. Here. Well, and the other night at that's Comedy from my Bar, perspective. Mm. the other night at Comedy Bar, you thought that yes. you may have the wrong jacket on. <laughs> yes. A jacket you've had for, <clears throat> I want to say, seven years. Yep. Was it the Canada Goose? Yeah, he thought he may have seen a second one at some point in the night, <laughs> and that he may have the wrong one on. I was being insane. Here's what happened: I have my stuff of yours in the pocket. Yeah. So here's what happened: I leave my coat, and it's a you know a nice coat, I guess. And I have my toque and my gloves in the pockets, and I'm and there's another Canada Goose, a, a very similar coat. I see uh, it's on a chair too. 
you thought you may have seen. It's true. I could be. I could be making. It's a bit of a Donnie Darko. <laughs> so yes, get this. So at the end of the night, I go to my jacket, and the gloves and the toque are gone out of the pocket. That doesn't really make sense. I'm like, that's weird. I, maybe I, could I have the wrong jacket? I thought I saw a similar jacket. Maybe I got the wrong one, and that guy took mine. And then I started convincing myself this jacket was different. I thought, and Tom, Tom, you did say it does look kind of small on you. Yeah, I did. So Tom and I walked home that night, and I was like very distracted, thinking I've grabbed yeah. someone else's coat, and it's driving me crazy. And then I realized I found a receipt in the pocket from when I went to Kitchener, and it was clearly my jacket. Phew! And they what found my gloves and too. Someone found them at the bar. So what a stupid thing. Okay. Speaking of hosting, because I mean, I'm eat a cookie. Go ahead. Do it. I can't. They do look tempting. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. You guys have one and a half. Oh, my God, because I can't eat one. Thanks. <laughs> Tom is a great host, I will say. We're at Tom's apartment right now. Yeah, and we've Tom recorded hosts- here with Tom before when Mike was yeah. away. Tom hosts a lot of parties. I mean, I hope that's okay to say of your friends. I do think that's this okay. is one of the most perfect party apartments I've ever been in. Tom is an ultimate party host. I love to party. And it's true. You're very very giving as a host. Someone asks for a drink, sure, help yourself. Like you're excel at uh, party hosting, I would say. But sometimes at the end of the night when everyone leaves, I go, "Be nice if someone brought a f- a bottle every now and then." Ah, uh, yeah. And I always feel bad for you. Get you got to clean up. I actually like cleaning. Really, it's a time for reflection. And when you're hungover, the best thing to do is clean an apartment. Really? Yeah. Takes your mind off hmm. your the anxiety pain. and oh, the pain. Yeah. Hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. Man, can I just say something? Yeah. Yes. How incredibly delicious is the chocolate on top of a half-covered chocolate uh, digestive, digestive cookie? cookie. Digestive cookie. a really great. good classic milk, melted milk chocolate. Chris. Have you ever had a, a hobnob? Break in half. Oh, and I will even have the smaller half. You could here. No, no, I'm having the smaller. See, having a cookie and a half is kind of fun. Two men just shared one cookie. Two adult men here alive on Evil Men. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Mm. I bet you Mike's guarding his cookies in uh, the UK right now with. Uh, our podcast buddy, Suze. Hope you guys are having fun. So They're eating jammy Dodgers. Ooh. Oh. Only full jammy Dodgers. What are jammy Dodgers? Not a half. It's some kind of British. Is it the one where you have the jam in the middle, like the chewy jam gummy thing in yeah, the middle of like the cookie? Yeah, are they like the Peak or whatever they're called? I don't know what they are. Mm. Jammy Dodger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, babe. I'm not doing an impression of Mike right now. I'm just doing an impression of a British man. <laughs> oh, baby, I'm about to jammy Dodger. Right? Oh, you jammed inside me, Dodger. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, blimey, me. I got jam inside me, Dodger. <laughs> um, Eat it. <laughs> Speaking of uh, drinking, Tom. Hmm. You did a dry January, if you don't I mind did. me saying, if that's okay. I did a damp January, which is you do not do not drink very much. And I did a business as usual January. <laughs> mm-hmm. How did you, Tom, how did you find uh, dry January? 
I didn't really enjoy it. I was expecting to feel a lot better than I normally do. <laughs> You're like, I don't feel a damn thing. <laughs> no, I didn't really feel better. I know. I was almost a bit happy that I didn't feel really all that different either. That was the silver lining. <laughs> right. Like, if you felt like a million bucks, you'd be like, ah, shit. Oh, shit. I got to stop. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, I still am really? tired Actually, and I ex- still wake up like uh, a fucking fu- jammy dodger. <laughs> so i love that yeah no the jammy dodger i didn't it's such a british sounding thing (laughs) well it's the last day of january right now yeah and we're having wine but you damped it anyways yeah tom you broke the seal a few days ago and it's a hundred percent reasonable because it was a big exciting stand-up uh, show in Niagara on the Lake, right? Yes, I did a CBC radio taping at Niagara on the Lake. Brand. And you gotta celebrate after that. And you gotta celebrate. And it's wine country, so you gotta have some wine. Yeah. And one of our listeners, Steve, went and watched you. Because, yeah, the, it was thanks, Steve. You're a fan of Evil Men and thanks, like now, you from Evil Men, so they went to see you. And they broke the news to me first, bef- or us first, before you said it, but there was a medical emergency during your uh, radio taped stand-up set. There was. I was about halfway through my set, and it, there was some commotion. People started to kind of walk towards the corner of the room. And then I told a joke, and nobody sort of really laughed at it, which is weird. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, yeah, that's odd. And then I went, well, I was trying to just sort of go through it, like, because I thought maybe people were just going to the washroom, and I I didn't want to, you know, make a scene about it. But it seemed like something was going on, so I went, is everything okay? And then someone went, no. Classic. Oh, been, just I've someone had, in the crowd? I've done one of those yeah. shows. Someone went, yeah. <laughs> someone went, no. And I went, okay, well, maybe we'll take a pause. So? Um, the show stopped for about 25 minutes while a woman seemed to be dead on the floor. God. Yeah. Jesus. But they revived her and then she she left smiling and waving. Oh. And then I went back out. That is impressive. Thank you. How How long did you do after that break? Probably about 10 or 15 minutes. Oh, my God. Amazing. And it's all going to be on CBC Radio. Keep your ears out. Yeah, they're going to play the whole incident. <laughs> they should. Spice it up. My God. Hey, um, how old was the lady? I don't know. There were a lot of older folks. 65 and crowd. up, yeah. eh? Mm-hmm. She probably green-outed. She was too blitzed. Baked. Yeah, cool. she got baked. It wasn't a weed room. I've done a few shows where people have green outed. I've never even heard that expression. If you listen to my, um, what's it called? Demons Are Eating My Head. Album? This album I made in 2016. So I, someone, I referenced someone passing out during my set near the beginning too. And it turned out they green outed. So does that just mean you smoked so much? You smoked weed? so much weed that your brain just shuts you down and why throws you, you to say, the floor. Why do you refuse to say greened out? I I just like it. Green outed. Green outed. I like everything a bit a wonky. Bit weird. I'm like a hipster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like an artsy hipster. Well, I like someone's passed weird. out in a crowd once of mine as well in New Brunswick. Yeah. But they had just had too much to drink. 
This was, uh, I thought, an interesting thing that happened this week. Uh, Elon Musk tweeted that the first human received an implant from Neuralink yesterday. Hey, Elon Musk got two episodes devoted to him by us. Mm-hmm. Okay, so continue. So he put Neuralink into the first human. And Tom, I don't know if you know what Neuralink is, but it's like a chip he's going to put in people's brains. Mm. Uh, and he I, said... I think he got a bunch of those chips put into his hairline. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he said the first Neuralink product is called telepathy. It enables control of your phone. Telepathy? Or... You mean telepathy? Telepathy. God. It enables control of your phone or computer and through them almost any device just by thinking. Imagine, he said, Elon Musk said, imagine if Stephen Hawking could communicate faster than a speed typist or auctioneer. That is the goal. <laughs> Which is like a funny... Um, Stephen Hawking's dead. <laughs> and also was just implicated in the... He ain't uh, communi- Epstein, communicating you know. faster than anybody. Like, why? <laughs> Stephen Hawking already was a computer, yeah. you idiot. <laughs> and why would you mention it when he was like two weeks ago me- um, mentioning the Jeffrey Epstein yeah. thing? With the Neuralink, <laughs> Stephen Hawking could have made little people fly through the windows and onto his... Dick. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> woke. Jesus Christ, where did all these little people come from? I just thought of something. <laughs> With Neuralink, Stephen Hawking could have booked a flight to the pedophile island faster than any typist. And I used a promo code too. <laughs> <laughs> and I used a promo code. Oh, yeah, I'm dead. Why reference me at all? <laughs> With Neuralink, uh, Socrates could have uh, made the uh, cup full of hemlock explode. <laughs> With I reference dead geniuses. <laughs> With Neuralink, Michael Jackson could have used uh, <laughs> Craigslist faster than anyone ever. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine what Chris D'Elia could do with Neuralink. <laughs> <laughs> he just lifts off a million perverts. <laughs> Neuralink made R. Kelly feel like he had pee on him all the time. <laughs> with Neuralink, it feels like I'm pissing on my own brain. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> Before we get to this week's evil man, we should let you know that we have a Patreon account at patreon.com slash evil men. And if you join up, you get two bonus episodes a month. You get to join our Discord that people really like. So check it out, patreon.com slash evil men. And we'd also be grateful to you and we, everyone who's already on. Thank you. We love you. It's an incredible community full of kind people people with all kinds of flavors of uh interests and they all and there's so much great conversations going on in there so thank you very much tom you chose this week's subject yes who did you choose he's a man who's near and dear to my heart i actually was quite the fan of his and maybe i still am his name is alec baldwin Alec Baldwin. Wow. Yes. And, you know, 
let's face facts, probably not an evil man, but definitely might be an a-hole. He's uh, almost certainly an a-hole. Yeah. Um, What was your favorite Alec Baldwin role or what really made you go, I love this Baldwin bastard? (laughs) I did kind of get into him through his controversies. Which really? I know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I specifically loved him in any movie. I like the way this guy berates his daughter. Yeah, the the daughter berating, <laughs> the um, flight attendant incident. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I don't even remember that. Well, we'll you're gonna learn about it. You're gonna learn about it. it. Can I say that Beetlejuice yes. is probably? Oh, yeah. My most watched film because I rented it too much as a kid. Oh yeah. My parents got mad at me. Because I was using all their money to rent the same movie every weekend. <laughs> we can't make our mortgage this month. Yeah, Beetlejuice, you killed us. But that then is... they, I got it. I got it on VHS and then, of course, later on DVD. Um, but Alec Baldwin's in that. I know. Super young Alec Baldwin. And, well, good. and he's good. And he's great in it. Yeah. On 30 Rock, uh, Tina Fey would often make the joke that like, oh my God, when he was young, he was handsome as hell. And he's pretty good looking in Beetlejuice. Wouldn't he, you say? He was an uh, uh, A plus Hollywood stud. He was like A plus looks. Yeah. He got Kim Basinger. Yeah. He got her. He got her. My he's, favorite. He snatched her away from me. He scored her. He scored Kim Basinger away from me. He might have been in his prime, one of the, of my lifetime, one of the best looking Hollywood men. Period. Like also, he's, he's watch, probably top five. Watch Miami Blues. You seen that one? No. Oh, he pay, he plays like a a creep, hustler, fraudster, and a robber. He's great. Hmm. Okay. Well, he's good in Glengarry Glen Ross with Jennifer mm-hmm. Jason Leigh. I have a theory actually about what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Hollywood lets Irish American men get very famous very often. Thank you. You think they tried to knock him down? Well, I think he's one of the few who broke through to the A-list. Nice. Interesting. What led you to this theory? Because you got a lot of them who are also very handsome. Dylan, Dylan McDermott. Yes. Dermot Mulrooney. Dermot Mulrooney, yes. I did not know those were two different guys. <laughs> they yeah, are. They are. That's a good point, Tom. Yeah. Their name is too ethnic. They're Irish ethnic. They're a little too ethnic. You know Shit. what's interesting? My, Hollywood, I hope you're listening. My dad's, I mean, I don't even know if I should give this, but another last name on my family uh, on the Irish side is O'Toole. And I wonder- Well, Peter some, broke through. Well, that's a good point, but I guess sometimes I wonder if but I was- he was Irish, not Irish-American. Right. right. If I was James O'Toole, is that too Irish sounding? You'd be in a ditch somewhere. Yeah. Do you, do you remember O'Toole's? Pub and eatery? Mm. We had one in Etobicoke. <laughs> no, I don't remember that one. I have to ask my grandma. It. And I'd just like went. to say with my Irish opinions, mm. I did do one of those DNA tests recently. And? 8% Irish. Oh, nice. So that, I'm allowed to speak about Absolutely. That counts. I think I'm like 4% or something. Huh. Nice. Shock, little, that's... When you up. did the DNA test, <laughs> when you did the DNA test, I'm gonna apply for my Irish card. <laughs> You're not gonna get it. Uh, did Fuck. you get any Neanderthal? No, I did. They we all what have. Are you a trying bit to of, say we all have Neanderthal DNA in our in our genes. Humans had sex with Neanderthals but back. You in got the day. it in your test. Yeah, 
But I didn't. So why are you saying? Why well, are you saying it must we have been have a different it? test. My ancestry oh. dot. What company was it? I forget. National Geographic. My ancestry dot com uh, test came back. <laughs> Apparently, I'm thirty percent monkey covered in shit. <laughs> Speaking of Neanderthals, I did read Clan of the Cave very recently, and humans and Neanderthals were having sex in the in that story. Yes. So, but it, they we clearly did also in real life. Which, imagine? I read a book where aliens were having sex with humans. <laughs> Back to Alec Baldwin. Yeah, well, 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 you were a big fan of Sapiens. Yes, I enjoyed reading it. it well, they had that story about the Homo sapiens. Who gave a blowjob to a Neanderthal? <laughs> well, apparently, like, what set us apart from the other uh, primitive versions of Homo whatevers. Uh, was our guile and cunning. And we lured Neanderthals into a crevasse and uh, by lying, because we were the only animal that knew how to lie back then. And we tricked them into coming into a crevasse, crevice, and we uh, berated, uh, we s- slaughtered them. How did we trick them? We were like, meet us over here for a, I don't know, for a barbecue Chris might buffalo. Be giving his own spin on this. <laughs> he did speculate that humans, look what we do to other humans who have a slight, who are slightly different. Imagine what we do to Neanderthals. And, um, but that book was that interesting. That book seemed to have a big moment and then people kind of started calling it basic. Or yeah, something. I don't, I don't really, I mean, maybe I'm basic, but I found it good. Sometimes I think people can't wait to be over something. I think it's because it was mostly ended up being speculative on the author's part. True. But there was some just interesting stuff like um there's great ideas. People yeah. think that people think that it's like Neanderthals were a stepping stone to Homo sapiens like we're the next evolution of that but that's not really true. They we were just sort of different branches on the tree and they just happened to die out. But there's no real reason why they couldn't have been still alive and us too imagine what do you call a homo sapien who who spots a sexy neanderthal in a red b- bikini go on homo erectus oh <laughs> nice how you guys doing tonight well let's get to alec baldwin he was born <laughs> speaking of homo erectus oh damn <laughs> He was born in 1958 in Amityville, New York. Mm. Amityville Horror. Yeah, never seen that. It's about his birth. <laughs> his family was Catholic, which uh, you could probably uh, realize. Which from you his... love. <laughs> yes. And uh, he had two sisters and three younger brothers. Guys, can you name Alec Baldwin's three younger brothers? Billy. Billy. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen. Mm-hmm. The third one's the toughest. Fredo? <laughs> Wait, I got it. Tony. Tony Baldwin. <laughs> Billy no? Steve. Adam. Nope. There is an Adam Baldwin actor, but he's not related. Mm. Gary. No. This actor, I believe he was on Homicide. He acted too. Yeah, he was an actor Jesus as well. Christ. And most recently, he was a sports radio host in Syracuse, New York. But he is an actor, a known actor. And he's been in Frank D'Angelo movies here in Canada, I believe. Right. I know who you're talking about, and I can see his face. You and he's pr- older. I think he's the oldest one, maybe. Mm. You should probably give it to us. Daniel Patrick. Ba- Daniel. Daniel. Baldwin. Oh, Daniel. Yeah. When 
Alec Baldwin's mom would give birth every time. The doctor would say, congratulations, you've given birth to another healthy actor. (laughs) And two girls. (laughs) Two girls who I don't know what they're going to (laughs) do. They're not going to be famous, so don't worry about it. Yeah. They look like a Baldwin brother. Daniel. No, just kidding. I have no idea. Daniel Baldwin. I'm pretty sure he was on Homicide Life. I can see his face. He, He got, you know... He got screwed in that department. You know, there was a show here in Canada recently. I don't know what it was about, but it was one of CBC's new big shows. Mm-hmm. And their big gambit was bringing in one of the Baldwins. Oh, William, I believe. Was it William? Yes. Yeah, Billy. It's like... Um, he was the star of Backdraft. He was also the star of Sliver, which I watched recently. And I believe Flatliners. Hmm. He had a bit of a career, huh? In the 90s, William was yeah. a legit guy in he the 90s. He looks like a young version of Alec. Is he, he the one in Usual Suspects? No, that's Steven. Oh, Steven. And Steven is also the one in Biodome. And one Pauly of Short. them um, had the child who married Justin Bieber. That's Steven. Really? Go. I remember listening I to Howard Stern in high school, and he was complaining that Stephen Baldwin, he thought was hitting on his like seventeen-year-old daughter at a concert. Howard Stern's? This is yes. This is what Howard Stern says. It's not what I'm saying. And yes, Daniel Baldwin was an actor on Homicide: Life on the Street. Oh, amazing! I know. So mm-hmm. one time, I a couple years ago, I went to a wedding in, um, you know, Shakespeare Play City, Ontario, Stratford, Stratford and. I think it's a best Western okay. we stayed at. And we go down and my whole family, like me and my wife and girls and, um, you know, my mom and dad and everybody, like it was a big family just brunch the day after the wedding in the best Western restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, Justin Bieber and Haley were there making mm. out the whole time. For real? Yeah, and the waitress whispered to us like, <laughs> "This is his favorite place when he comes home." And so he goes to. I can't I, tell if you're joking. No, I'm not. Really? I know. I know. This sounds like one of my like you're the dry nonsense <laughs> tales, but I'm being dead serious. Can I say? I also had a couple drinks, so I can't tell like if I'm. Yeah, how I'm saying it, but do you believe me, Tom? Yes. I yeah, like. How- I swear. Like apparently. When he was growing up there, that's where they went to get their breakfast. I can't remember if it was the best Western or not, but I'm pretty sure. He goes to the best Western yeah, for breakfast? Yeah, it wasn't a beautiful fuck? dining room. Yo, they but got I think the best had, eggs, yo. Yeah, but I think he had... This was maybe about five years ago now, to be honest. It was before the Still pandemic. Still famous. But, I th- but it was when they were like dating. They weren't married yet. And he... and. But he was eating fucking eggs and making out with this woman, and you were... Like making out nonstop. Wow. I like that Bieber still lives in canada you know a lot of canadian celebrities they move and then it's like they but don't even a, they don't even pretend to acknowledge us anymore but Bieber, that's what i like Bieber about goes the to leafs games he's living yeah. in stratford yeah you while fittingly given your shirt you I have am, a lot of sort of secret canadian pride i find oh well, you're, you're always the first one to send articles about <laughs> an american athlete Tom who plays on here the mic roll of going <laughs> after me no it's true there's always an american athlete who plays here who tells a reporter that he <laughs> loves going to yeah. 
Cora Fine Foods or something. <laughs> and James is always the one sending I, I a eat link it up. to everybody. I eat it up. Yeah. Or a guy, absolutely. or that insane kid from the UK <laughs> who the rode the go guy. train. Yeah, I probably did send that to you. But not because I was bragging about the go train, just I... I thought, how about that? It was that cool. He autistic loves the train, train boy though. is in Canada. He's hey. like, oh, 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 look at the go train. <laughs> it's time to admit it. You're a patriot. I look, guess I am. You're from Toronto, deep, deep Toronto. Hmm. I'm from Toronto. James is from outside of Toronto. We've talked hmm. this about this on the podcast before. Hmm. But if any of us rip on it, he'll kill us. <laughs> he loves his country. That's right. His city. That's right. But I wanted to say to... Hmm. I think it was, you're saying, a freaking hotel restaurant? That's yes. what he loved? Yes. I think it was probably nostalgia, though. Like, he probably was taken there since he was a kid from his, like, dad or something. Hmm. See what I'm saying? Well, yeah, it's still weird to go to a hotel restaurant for breakfast when you don't need to. But it's a nice memory for him. Well, yeah, fair enough. Like, when you're a giant celeb and um, everyone's making fun of you for 10 years... <laughs> you're like i just need to go to my safe yeah. space and have some eggs the, and bacon. the best western two egg breakfast is his rosebud <laughs> yeah i'll never forget you well back to mr baldwin um, oh yeah truly <laughs> well that's what we're talking about hello i i, I would posit that uh, william looks like alec baldwin with a shrunken face i would posit, if you took in if i would you took in, too if you took in the sides yeah. He's got like uh Alec Baldwin is Ernie to Williams Burt. Skinny, so long you face. Think who's better looking? Alec or William? Alec in his prime. William, it was just like, what are you? Are you Alec? Are you not? What's going on? I can't remember what any of the other ones look like. Steven's like a goofball. William was good looking, but it's just too close to Alec. Daniel was kind of like Daniel looks man. like yeah, Daniel Sorry looks like say. a dude. I don't know. Daniel looks like a dude your dad knows. I don't know how else to put it. I don't know my dad. <laughs> Sorry, that was actually a Daniel very not cool like of me to <laughs> Daniel looks like a guy who would fix your toilet. I don't know what to say. You know what I'm. You know what I mean. <laughs> Daniel's hit is guy who will fix your toilet. <laughs> um. Hey, how about no. this? Alec Baldwin. So is my hit, to be honest. Did you know this? Alec Baldwin is descended from a passenger on the Mayflower. Oh. Oh, it's so am I. Uh, Anyone can say that. A guy named John <laughs> Howland. <laughs> so he knows the, the specific guy. And this is, uh, Alec is like a fourth, 14th generation North American. Oh, wow. So he's been here a while. Maybe that's why they let him into the A-list. Yeah. Spent a, paid his dues here. Mm, he sure has. Well, apparently my family lineage goes back to North America 7,000 years. We were just some weirdos in a cave. Really? Your family didn't come from Europe or anything? You've been here for... No, we just looked like Europeans, but we got stuck <laughs> in a cave for thousands of years. Wow, so you developed your own... Culture and interesting, everything. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, we were... We were I descended from people who looked like the bad guys from Bone Tomahawk. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw that. We're never going to talk about Alec Baldwin. Let's get to Alec. <laughs> uh, so, like I said, grew up in uh, New York State. He's got brothers. Lucky. He studied acting at NYU. Mm. 
That would be probably a great life. He's like, what did his parents do? I feel like they must have been working you know, class. Were, were they? they? Yeah. Teachers, I think, maybe. Hmm. His first acting role came in 1980 on a soap opera called The Doctors. Your prognosis is you're a thoughtless little pig. <laughs> uh, he did a bunch of TV in the 80s, including Knott's Landing. I've heard of that, but yeah. I've never seen it. Have you seen Knott's Landing? Oh, well, no, I was more into the Flintstones at the time. Oh. But yeah, I've heard of it. So in the 80s, you know, he's doing TV movies, but his big break, really, was the movie you mentioned before. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice in 1988. That was kind of when he first really, really popped, apparently. Okay, I thought he was already in there by then. Like, you know, he had done some stuff, but yeah. that, I think, was his first, like... He goes like this, Barbara, I don't think we survived that crash. Mm-hmm. Wearing That's that, when they come wearing home. Wearing that plaid shirt. Yeah. Yeah, oh, Beetlejuice is so funny. Hey, look at us. We shop at the same store. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good Beetlejuice. I watched it 30 hundred times. I think Tim Burton's making a Beetlejuice too. Oh, that'll definitely be good. <laughs> yeah, if it's like any of his last ones from the last 20 years. Um, I would say Alec Baldwin's, uh, the cementing of him as a leading man probably happened in 1990 with The Hunt for Red October. Ah, uh, yeah. Sean Connery, Alec Baldwin. The director was the guy who did Die Hard and um, Predator. Sean Connery as a Scottish Russian. Yes. Can I be a guest on your podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Alec Baldwin met his future wife, Kim Basinger, when they played lovers in the 1991 film The Marrying Man. Sometimes playing lovers can lead to to being being lovers. lovers. It happens more than you would ever imagine. And really? did they uh, remain lovers for 12 years? Oh, that's pretty good, actually. Um, Speaking of Tim Burton so. connection, she was Vicky Vale in Batman 1989, mm-hmm. the year after Beetlejuice. Mm. So they also have a Beetlejuice connection. That's probably how they broke the ice. That right. must have been exciting if you're Alec. You're in this movie with Kim Basinger. You got a kiss and then you go, oh, I don't mind this. That kiss was pretty good. <laughs> My friend James in high school had the old 80s Playboy that she was in. And, you know, I really had a big crush on her. My goodness. Really? Yes. Was she your big childhood crush? I was so crush? excited. She was definitely up there. Mm. I mean, Batman, the Tim Burton one from 1989, is also a movie I watched 300 times. Uh, me too. So, uh, Alec was in famously Glengarry Glenn Ross, mm-hmm. and he uh, said the famous line, coffee is for closers. That was a stage play, right? Yes. But when they, turning it into the film, they that scene wasn't in the play, but they wrote it or yes. something for That's Alec right. Baldwin to do. Yes. And he just like, everybody remembers that because mm-hmm. he just like kills it. Mm-hmm. He's a good actor. He is really good. He did a lot of meh movies, I would say, though, in the 90s, like after this kind of early hot streak. Remember he was The Shadow? Yes. Oh, man. I wonder what that's like to rewatch. He Maybe that's the... the beginning of his softening. Maybe. Uh, he was also George Carlin's replacement for two seasons on Thomas and Friends. I didn't know that. I didn't know that didn't either. Didn't know that. Yeah. Hey, Thomas. <laughs> well, we also forgot to point out an, another 80s weird weirdo gem of his called Miami Blues. I think you mentioned it. I did? Yeah. Oh. Uh, Alec Baldwin wrote an episode of Law and Order. Isn't that wow. weird? 
I really want to write an episode of Law and Order. <laughs> it's so strange. He So he was kind of dipping a bit, but he had a big resurgence in 2006 when he was in The Departed. He was really funny in yeah. that. And that's when he got cast in 30 Rock as well, which he was on for seven seasons. And you know what? He was amazing in that, I thought. It's so funny because I never think of his career as dipping, but... You're right. He didn't, I didn't have two. really either, but from re- reading it, it yeah. seemed like sort of mid to late 90s until The Departed, he had a little bit of a softening. Well, like, he really puffed up. I mean, he really literally softened. Yeah. yeah. He went from In his body. Grade A plus stud to still a handsome guy, but also before The Departed, he was the iconic narrator of the Royal Tannenbaums. Alec Baldwin has hosted Saturday Night Live more times than anyone. Even Steve Martin? Yes. Alec Baldwin has hosted it 17 times. He must live around the corner. And that doesn't <laughs> include when he was Trump as a guest. And those, oh my God, I forgot and about and those that. Those are all the best times. But the evilometer just went up. <laughs> I forgot about that. How did his Trump goes? He was sort of like this. <laughs> he stuck his lips out a little bit. Right? Like, how did his Trump It wasn't sound? good, It was right? really bad. In a world where everyone basically can do a decent Trump Right. Oh he, my God. His job was to do Trump, and he. We got a lot of good people over here. <laughs> oh, was that your? I was that your actual? Well, I don't know. I right. was just sort of throwing it out there. Oh, I thought that was kind of you making fun of him doing it. Well, I yeah, it was really too. not me. I wasn't. Yeah, it was that. Sh- it was very meta. It was not. Yeah. Like. <laughs> it was a little bit. Okay. Um. Anyway. <laughs> so Alec Baldwin, number one. In Saturday Night Live hosting, could you guys guess who the other four people are in the top five list of? Oh, mo- oh Chris almost, almost dropped his drink of people who have hosted Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live the most often. Because you guess Steve Martin, correct? Tom Hanks, correct? Um, two John, more. John Goodman, correct? Wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, me neither. The last one is stunning. No, don't give it away yet. Stunning, huh? Well, to me. Don't give it away yet. Buck Henry. Tom, yes. Damn, dude. How did you know that? Comedy historian. But you know what? He's like from the Steve Martin era where it almost felt like he was almost rotating cast. Well, correct. From 1976 to 1980, it was tradition for Buck Henry to host the season finale. Yeah. But you know what? I actually, you have to be honest, I had never even heard of him. I barely know. He's who a he is. Di- apparently he was the director of Heaven Can Wait. He wrote The Graduate. Oh wow! Right? I don't know. I don't know. Check it out. Well, can you check it out? Uh, I'm reading. <laughs> <laughs> My phone is over there. Oh yeah. <laughs> Chris, pl- do an impression of Buck Henry thinking of the famous "Are you trying to seduce me?" line. You're at your desk. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I got the best idea. <laughs> Beep beep. <laughs> beep beep. <laughs> Did you know that Alec Baldwin co-authored a book as well called A Promise to Ourselves, A Journey Through Fatherhood and Divorce? Oh. What a bummer title. Yeah, are you going to read that on the subway? <laughs> uh, and in 2011, um, Baldwin started 
a podcast, his version of Evil Men. Here's the thing. That's right. Here's the thing. A series of interviews with public figures, uh, policymakers, and performers. I guess that's still going on, huh? Yeah, he put one out less than a month after he accidentally killed a woman. <laughs> oh, God. Here's the thing. <laughs> Here's the thing. Sometimes you shoot a gun, you don't know where it's going to go. Today's guest is Judge. Uh, it's like, it's <laughs> judge, a judge. Judge Reinhold. <laughs> you are an amazing. You actor. may know Judge Reinhold from uh, Vice Versa. Oh, uh, he was the close talker on Seinfeld. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> he was the masturbator in. Oh, yes. Fast Times at Richmond. Fast Times at Richmond High. Guys who are about 10 years older than us can't stop talking about Phoebe Cates in Fast Times no. at Richmond High. Well, it was a ep- I'm 10 years younger than those guys, and I can't stop talking about it. Whoa! It was an ep- epoch-making moment. Phoebe Cates, by the way, married Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein, and their kid is in Squid and the Whale, and he's very funny. We're all still well aware of what Phoebe Cates is doing. <laughs> We're still watching, waiting. Are you coming over? <laughs> when are you coming back, Phoebe? Someone in like connection with my childhood had a VHS of a movie called Ruthless People. Yes, and, I remember that movie. And so weirdly Danny enough, DeVito I ended up or... watching that movie at least three times as a kid. And it was, was Danny DeVito, Bette Midler, yeah. Judge Reinhold. Judge Reinhold sold stereo speakers, right? And he, and he kidnaps... Uh, it's great plot, actually. And it's pretty funny. Judge Reinhold, kind of the face of the 80s. He kidnaps. Yeah. I found it difficult to understand that his name was Judge. Yeah. Yeah, that is like, stupid. Why did you do that? No, I mean, you hear it and you thought he was really a judge, didn't you? <laughs> Imagine I- your friend's name, Judge. Hey, Judge. Uh, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, it's like if my first name was Pizza Man. <laughs> Imagine, <laughs> imagine you were friends with Judge Reinhold and he was sitting next to an actual judge. Oh, my God. How would, how would you get his attention? Imagine Judge Reinhold was on trial for murder. Or he becomes a judge? <laughs> and he had to talk to a judge and the judge was calling him judge. What and if, the murder victim's family's dying laughing. Yeah. If what judge, if Judge Reinhold was on trial and he started talking like the judge and everyone had to follow what he said? Because he's the judge. His name is Judge. Yeah, you're right. Or if he becomes a judge, what's your name? Judge Reinhold. I know, but your first name? Judge. Right. But when, what is your job? I'm a judge. Okay. What? What's his brother's <laughs> name? President Reinhold? <laughs> hey. What's his son's name? Lawyer, <laughs> plaintiff, <laughs> plaintiff Reinhold. You know what? <laughs> Nobody thought we were going to go after Judge Reinhold for ten minutes. These are my kids: plaintiff, Steno, <laughs> and these are their cousins. <laughs> the jury. <laughs> this is my youngest child, courtroom artist. <laughs> <laughs> And this is my adopted son, murderer. <laughs> <laughs> they made a whole courtroom scene at their dinner table on Thanksgiving. 
12 Angry Men Reinhold. (laughs) (laughs) Well, children, have you reached a verdict on how good the turkey is yet? Yes, Judge. (laughs) We find the turkey. Not delicious. (laughs) We find the turkey not guilty of tasting great. (laughs) 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 Wait, what does that mean? It does taste great or it doesn't? Not guilty of tasting great. (laughs) I still don't. Doesn't taste good. If it was guilty of tasting great, I feel like that would be tasting great. (laughs) Don't insult your mother's cooking. (laughs) Listen to me again, Dad. (laughs) Not guilty of tasting great. (laughs) I don't think you're saying what you think you're saying. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, well, let's get to Alec's personal life. We've kind of done a oh, s- pretty this episodes detail. about Alec Baldwin. Who? Yes, <laughs> Alec Eiffel. So we mentioned Alec married Kim Basinger. Oh yeah, in nineteen ninety. Although that does contradict something I read and wrote earlier. So maybe that's off. Early nineties, he married Kim Basinger, and they got divorced in two thousand and two. On October twenty sixth, nineteen ninety five. Baldwin allegedly assaulted a photographer for videotaping Basinger and their three-day-old daughter. The couple was returning home from the hospital and was confronted by the photographer outside their Los Angeles home. Whoopi Goldberg praised Baldwin for his actions during her opening monologue while hosting the Academy Awards. So he hasn't hasn't thought of as an asshole at this point, but maybe that's the first little thing he did where you go, oh, yeah, let's... I feel Let's like you continue. said three-day-old daughter. Yeah, I was like picturing like a like coffee a... shop giving her away because <laughs> she's a day-old. Oh, <laughs> three-day-old. Day-old. Well, three-day-old daughter. I'd say you're allowed to, you know, assault a photographer when there's a three-day-old daughter involved. Me too. Yeah. It seems insane. Let's see. Let's continue on and see how for how much longer Whoopi Goldberg sticks by his side. <laughs> so as Baldwin and Kim's marriage falls apart they get divorced uh, baldwin called her attorneys opportunists and characterized basinger's psychologists as part of the divorce industry um well so, he went a little he went a step too far with that yes say what you will about photographers but divorce lawyers those are no, good people. Don't. So <laughs> after the divorce alec is trying to stay i guess a father figure to his daughter Ireland. In his memoir, Alex stated that these issues of of you know being divorced and trying to spend time with his daughter place stress on his relationship with his daughter. Uh, and Baldwin wrote that he had to spend over a million dollars, put time aside from his career, travel extensively, and find a house in California, having previously lived in New York, in order to stay in his daughter's life. And that might have been also he had to do all those things because of just like a difficult divorce. But kind of seems like he's complaining a lot about seeing his daughter. You don't have to spend a million dollars. And one million in Baldwin world. Is nothing. He didn't like LA, apparently. Really? Yeah. He's this a New is York one of guy. the things he didn't like about 
Basinger. Hmm. She liked L.A. She wanted to live in L.A. God, she's so beautiful. I would say that maybe this is a turning point for the public opinion of Alec Baldwin. Uh, 2007, he left a voicemail oh, message yeah. in response to an unanswered arranged call with his 11-year-old daughter. 11. And he's yelling at her. He's so mean. He calls her a rude, thoughtless little pig. And mm. the tape was sold to TMZ. Mm. And uh, it was a pretty huge deal. It's a great tape. You have to listen to it if you haven't. It's it's a lot of it's fun. It's just hearing a dad rage at his daughter. I did yes. when it was new. I have the transcript, actually. I brought it oh. up earlier. Oh, yeah. nice. Please, read it. You've insulted me for the last time. You've insulted me. You don't have the brains or the decency as a human being. I don't give a damn that you're 12 years old or 11 years old or that you're a child or that your mother is a thoughtless pain in the ass who doesn't care about what you do as far as I'm concerned. You have humiliated me for the last time with this phone. And when I come out there next week, I'm going to fly out there for the day just to straighten you out on this issue. I'm going to let you know just how disappointed in you I am and how angry I am with you that you've done this to me again. You've made me feel like shit and you've made me feel like a fool over and over and over again. And this crap you pull on me with this goddamn phone situation that you would never dream about doing to your mother and you do it to me constantly and over and over again. I'm going to get on a plane or I'm going to come out there for the day and I'm going to straighten your ass out when I see you. Do you understand me? I'm going to really make sure you get it. Going to get on a plane, <laughs> going to turn around and Jesus. I'm, I'm going to come home. So you better be ready Friday the 20th to meet with me. So I'm going to let you know just how I feel about what a rude little pig you really are. You, oh my God. You are a rude, thoughtless little pig. Okay. It sounds like either I, a, a monologue from Glengarry Glen Ross or a WWF monologue. Like yeah. Thursday, January 20th. I'm going to teach you some manners, you thoughtless pig. Yeah, he seems fixated on her phone and on taking a quick flight out. You know what? At 12 years old or 11 years old or whatever, I wouldn't be rushing to meet him <laughs> for, what, for what he's teeing up there. And you know what? You can't, you know, you can only, I guess, judge people so much in their worst moments. But that's really shitty to say that to your 11-year-old. And he doesn't even know if she's 12 or 11. He doesn't even know. Like, that is scary. He's like a, He sounds like a scary dad. But he wrote a book about being a father. Mm. So, that sucks. Um, Baldwin described the incident as a mistake, but it did not make him a bad parent. During I an inter- a mistake, you little pig. <laughs> <laughs> During an interview with Playboy in 2009. <laughs> Those are the best interviews. Yeah. Yeah, I should talk to Playboy about this. Um, he's, Playboy, I need to tell you something serious <laughs> about my daughter, about my pig daughter. Um, he told Playboy that he contemplated suicide after the voicemail was leaked to the public. Oh, well, maybe he should have just cast opposite himself in a movie. Oh, <laughs> um, but he, but he, oh, sought, <laughs> but he sought professional help. I mean, oof. he stated that he felt Kim Basinger would have considered it a victory if he committed suicide and that it That's was her avowed goal to destroy him. You want me to commit suicide, don't I'm you? I'm not going to let you win, you little pig. I'm not going to commit suicide <laughs> for your... <laughs> I really wanted to commit suicide, but I won't let you win. <laughs> yeah. There's no way you're going to watch the news and be like, 
Alec Baldwin has committed suicide. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe it'll prove me wrong, but I don't see that. And Kim Basinger goes, "I'm going to be happy for the rest of my life now." <laughs> um, yeah, God, that's like how a kid thinks. I remember getting in trouble when I was a kid and being like, "I'll kill myself. That'll show my parents." But the weird thing about that is, um, you'll never get to see your parents affected by that. Or yeah. whoever the enemy is that you think that that will hurt. If you kill yourself? Yeah. Mm. Sometimes I think that about murder. You know, imagine you hated someone enough to murder them and then you did it. And then immediately they wouldn't even know that you did it. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to jail. Yeah, even if you got away with it, they would never know that you murdered them. It's true. Like when a drug cartel guy blows a guy's brains out from behind. Guy didn't even know it was coming. Then it falls on the ground instantly dead, of course, because his brain was uh, sm like smashed into pieces by a bullet. Then the the assassin that did it still talks to the guy like, that's what you fucking get. <laughs> but the guy's like, <laughs> the, the guy's not even like, what? <laughs> yeah, I'll take the message back to my friends. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel really bad. You're, it um, is a bad punishment. Especially if it's a surprise. That's a good point. In December 2011, Alec Baldwin was on an American Airlines flight. Mm, okay, where were we? Where were we? <laughs> and uh, 2011, eh? He was playing words with friends mm. on his phone while waiting for takeoff. When instructed to put away the electronic device by the flight attendant, he reportedly became belligerent and was eventually removed from the plane. You're a rude little pig. <laughs> You're trying to take my phone away. He's obsessed with uh, phone troubles. This is true. What? What's? I wonder, who, I wonder words with friends. It's like Scrabble. You play oh, yes. people online. So what did he say to the steward or stewardess or whatever? She just said, could you put away your phone? And he got mad to the extent that he had to be removed from the plane. Maybe he had a great word going. Yeah. Quiz. If you get a triple word score on quiz. Pig. <laughs> oh, God. Maybe he was playing with his daughter and trying to spell out rude little pig. <laughs> I hope she's okay to this day. She is. She's very healthy. Oh. Well, the thing is, is at this point in his life, I'm going to take a stab and say, something's stressing this guy out. Did you know he's a member of PETA? He uh. eats a fish and egg diet and uh, plants. So does Flea. That's My what God. Flea's diet's like from Red Hot Chili Peppers. And Bill Maher's also a big PETA board member. Really? Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> New rule. All, <laughs> all the best guys love animals. <laughs> yeah, they, um, Ricky Gervais, Bill Maher. <sighs> Is Ricky Gervais a PETA? He's file? a big animal guy. <laughs> in 2018, Alec Baldwin was arrested That's good. for punching a man in a dispute about a parking space. Yeah. You know what? Now I'm putting it together. He's missing some B12, <laughs> some iron, some omega-3s. Oh, I guess he gets omega-3s from his fish diet. But he's missing regular intake of nutrients, and he is uh, got a stress problem. Oh, you're blaming his vegetarianism or uh, his pescatarianism. I'm not saying that, but like possible. Okay. Hmm. That could be a possibility. And if there's PETA supporters... Or near vegans or ovatarians or pescatarians, whatever. You tell me. I don't know. 
But I sometimes when I cut out a lot of meat, I find that I have bad moods and mood swings and depression. And it's because a lot of the nutrients are missing. Mm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. He needs more meat. Here's another example. In 2023, Alec got involved in an argument um, with a server at a literary gala and called her a peasant, allegedly. A peasant. You're yes. a peasant. <laughs> she, and it was a similar thing. He was in the way and she asked him to move and he got mad and called her a peasant. It's in a lot of confrontations. Yeah, he seems like a very short-tempered guy. And if right. you give him a slight, he'll be really mean. Margot Tannenbaum was a peasant. <laughs> <laughs> when Me Too happened, Baldwin joked that he wondered if touching his wife now was inappropriate. That's a good one. <laughs> Those are the best jokes. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, because that's what everybody's saying. Mm. Can I even touch my pig wife anymore? <laughs> yeah. So, am I even allowed to finger a peasant? <laughs> so, um, now we get Sorry. to Hilaria Baldwin, which I knew. Sort of as a reference, but I didn't really understand. Is this Bieber's? No. What? No. Okay. This is Alex's wife. This is Alex's oh, wife. Oh, the one that keeps having kids like 3,000? They have like they seven, have seven kids. kids together. Yeah. But he loves being a father. And someone told me that <laughs> like on Instagram or whatever, he always seems like exhausted yeah. and drained. Yeah, it looks hilarious. Because he has seven kids. He does these videos all the time with these giant bags under his eyes. Yeah. Going... Sure, do I miss go doing things, going to the opera, reading a book, walking around New York? Sure I do. <laughs> but I love my kids. <laughs> it's kind of shitty because it feels like he's nicer to these kids than he was to the one he called a pig. There's a video where he lists like 20 things that he misses doing. <laughs> Since he's had all these kids. That it's all worth it. Do I miss not having kids? <laughs> sure I do. But now I have a lot of kids. <laughs> could you? Have, do you think you could have five more kids, Chris? No. <laughs> I'll just say it. Nothing against the two kids I have. They're the best. But Jesus Christ. Five more. That's insane. So, uh, yeah, Alec began dating Hilaria Thomas in 2011. She was a yoga instructor. Was she the one that talked in a fake accent? Yes. yes. We're getting to that. Sorry. No, no. It's um, exciting. Yes, there's a whole thing about that. So, Hilaria present... And Tom, feel free to jump in because I think you might know more about it than me. But Hilaria presented herself as a Spanish-born person with a Spanish accent by some accounts. Um, but then in 2020, a tw this basically a Twitter thread revealed that she was actually born in Boston and her real name is Hillary, not Hilaria. But from like 2011 to 2020, there was all this crazy stuff. Like like I mentioned, she spoke with an accent. She'd... Was it Spanish or Latin? Or like a Spanish accent, yeah. yeah. And she'd sort of say like, I was raised in Boston and Spain, but Spain is my home. And she'd make her Instagrams caption in English and Spanish. And like, you know, post a pic... She posted a picture of Bill Clinton and is like, Senor Clinton. Um, in 2013, Alec was on the... Late Show with David Letterman and Alex says, my wife is from Spain and then like imitated her accent. Um, and he said, I don't mean to be racist when I put that on. Um, so she was kind of considered a Latina celebrity. 
Um, they had Spanish engraved on their wedding rings. They're really leaning into it. They had the word Spanish <laughs> on their wedding yeah. rings. It said, we are Spanish. <laughs> they wrote the word Spanish on their pencil case, on their binders. <laughs> There's all this. They got headbands that said Spanish. <laughs> Honestly, pretty much. T-shirts that they said Spanish. In, they, literally, they she had like Instagram posts of her wearing the Spanish team jersey and all this stuff. Yeah. But then in 2020, nice. a review of her podcast popped up where someone said, quote, I know Hillary Hayward Thomas from the Cambridge School of Weston in Massachusetts. She didn't have an accent then and didn't change her name to Hilaria because she's not Spanish. So please stop using an accent in this podcast and interrupting your guests. Sounds like two different complaints. It does. It's not the clearest complaint, but basically someone from her past saying, you didn't have an accent and your name is Hillary and I don't think you're really Spanish. Please don't use that accent and please don't interrupt your guests. Yeah. Yeah. You could, she could have left that. <laughs> so the scandal gained steam <laughs> and more and more people. This racist keeps interrupting their guests. <laughs> more and more people are like, I knew her when she was a kid and she didn't have an accent. And Hilaria kind of responded like, look, I went back and forth between Boston and Spain and the accent kind of comes and goes. And I never said I'm not white. You know, I am like a white European. I mean, it's it's kind of a stupid thing, but it's just been this long ongoing thing where Alec and Hilaria kind of leaned into that she is very Spanish and it's questionable how much she actually is. Mm. This is this is going to come off as anti-feminist and problematic, but mm. it does seem that a con artist tricked him into having seven children with her. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it is kind of true. I love my Spanish wife. <laughs> I love that she's Spanish. I just love that. Wait, sorry. What, what did you say? <laughs> From Boston? <laughs> Where we filmed The Departed. <laughs> he would have been a good Batman. He was the it's, shadow. He was already the shadow. Ah, he was already the shadow. It's he weird could. that I for, was frozen for a sec because I was like, he wasn't Batman? But you're right. He regularly talks like Batman. Yeah. Where are they? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Listen, Lemon. It's not what you do that makes you who you are. Whatever that line is, remember in the Dark Knight, it's not who you are. Ah, forget it. I forget. I actually genuinely liked Robert Pattinson as Batman, but I just thought that movie was. I thought it was boring. Yeah, it was yeah. boring. He was fine, and it was cool that it was like a detective story. But God, it was boring as hell. The best parts in the beginning when he's in standing there, and it's all quiet, and his giant boots are creaking on the floor at the crime scene, and he's standing there as this bizarre imposing frankenstein monster character and the rest of the cops are looking at him like what in the fuck is this i think that's the best mm. depiction of batman i've seen in like a they long thought he time. was a loser yeah like what in the hell like i thought that was really cool but then the rest of the movie can't remember boring anything as hell. about hell cat the Catwoman thing was i thought really boring yeah i'm hell? bored just hearing about it yeah paul you dano's face is all duct taped up well, the last thing we'll say about Alec Baldwin has to do with the film Rust, the infamous film. Mm. In 2021, Baldwin was on set filming that movie, and he discharged gun being used as a prop, and when doing so, killed a cinematographer and injured the director. 
Um, Baldwin was formally charged, but prosecutors soon dropped all charges against him. However, uh, some later evidence that connects Baldwin to recklessness around safety standards on set came about. Uh, Baldwin claimed he never fired the gun. He said he just cocked the gun. And then when he released it, the gun discharged on its own. But the FBI uh, contradicted this and said that there's no way it could have fired without being like fired. You couldn't just do it by cocking it. I just cocked the gun. <laughs> so the set was said to be plagued by claims of labor exploitation, rushed work, unsafe conditions, and very fast and loose handling of weaponry. And Alec was also a producer on this film. So, yeah. So in um, January of 2024, this month, a grand jury indicted Baldwin on an, on involuntary uh, manslaughter charges, and he could face up to 18 months in prison. It's a very scary and sad story. We were talking about this. The cinematographer was a rising star, too, right? A rising talent? Well, I mean, even if she wasn't that it's horrific that he no i know god he accidentally right. killed her but I, to kill I, someone without talent <laughs> all right you know but we we were talking about this before from what i read and maybe you're listening and know and I'm, we know that people tune in before you say this james mm. just to get this out there we know that people tune in to evil men specifically for the discussions on ethics in general absolutely mm-hmm this is our, we're entering the evil men symposium right now. This is right. Okay. Sorry. Well, maybe if you're listening, you you have different information than than I do. But my understanding was that the charge stems from his firing of the gun more so than his role as a producer. And I have to be honest if if the charge is that he, as an actor, was given what he thought was a fake gun and he fired it. Like, I don't honestly understand why you would go to jail for that. I don't really think of him as a murderer myself from just reading the news. So, yeah, I do find it quite difficult. But I also do think he was being reckless. And if you cut corners... Um, but my understanding... But are you guilty as a murderer? I don't know. My understanding is it. it I have heard the explanation that the charges are due to him being a producer, but my understanding is it's not that. It's from that he actually pulled the trigger of a gun and killed somebody. But on set, you're given prop guns every day. Exactly. <laughs> and prop yeah, I, laser I did an guns. H- H&R Block commercial two months ago, and I had a gun. Let's imagine you slice someone to death with a lightsaber by accident. Ewan McGregor like kills Like Spaceballs. Oh, my God. They yeah. already did that joke in Spaceballs. But you know what I'm Tom, saying? Tom, you have to say you're honest belief of the what you think about alec baldwin in this situation mm. well i heard before the gun went off he called her a selfish little pig <laughs> well that sort of incriminating indicates, uh, there's something plaguing him all these years mm. that he couldn't get off his chest you can't hold on to anger that's the thing i love my spanish wife what <laughs> i <laughs> I will say, I don't know what happened there, but I, I do follow his podcast, Here's the Thing. Mm-hmm. and You do? You I do. every episode? I've listened to probably most of them, including wow. the one where he really tries to exonerate Woody Allen. Oh, oh God. right. I forgot about <laughs> that. 
And he I, I remember out, that he that, came out with that right after. I remember the situation he, with the gun. It may have been. He made that been. video where he's like, "Tonight, eight p.m. I'm going to talk to the legend Woody Allen." Like, wow, yeah. really big deal. He goes, "I know a lot of things have been said about Woody Allen." Meanwhile, Woody <laughs> Allen's like, "I I only make movies in in Europe now." <laughs> That's why you're the best, Woody. Yeah, you love Europe. You love Europe. Like so my wait. wife. <laughs> I'm going to fly to Europe, you Woody, Woody, and you better be there. <laughs> So, Tom, what was his episode like after this horrible thing happened? Well, I don't even remember who was on it, but I remember that it was shockingly close to the incident. Because I thought, I heard about the incident, and I thought, well, that's very sad. Did they record it before the incident? I don't know, but I thought Baldwin will probably go underground for a little while now, right? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, that would be respectful. Yeah. If you, even if you completely not... No matter to your own what. fault, accidentally yeah. murdered somebody, maybe take a breather. Yeah. Yeah. Did he I talk wondered that about too because he was popping up in the news like doing stuff and and like talking about talking about himself all the time and his innocence, which I thought was weird because he never was saying really respectful things about the person he accidentally killed in the first place, yeah. which is like, I think, I believe... The three of us, like if any of that happened to us, that's all we'd talk about. We'd talk about Chris, our if remorse. If you accidentally murdered someone, Chris, you would talk about it a lot, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, God, so would I, to be you fair. You would never shut you, up about it. <laughs> no, but I feel like you you get racked with guilt. But or, do you know what I mean about yeah. like how I accidentally killed that person <laughs> 20 years ago? Like I think that's affected me. I hope, I hope you never accidentally kill someone, truly. Me too. You in particular. Yeah. yeah. Me? Yeah. Because of my guilt complex? Yeah. And my uh, incessant nattering. <laughs> yeah. I I I, sh- I didn't get a chance to yeah. watch it, but I did see there was a video. My friends don't want me to accidentally kill someone because of how much I would bother them. <laughs> <laughs> Let alone that someone's now in the ground for the rest of their non-life. I did see a video of Alec. I, I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I saw there was kind of a YouTube video Alec made post- this horrible accident where he was kind of explaining what happened, but it seemed a bit inappropriate. I don't know. You didn't see it? I didn't get a chance to, but I saw there was one. It's a good thing you brought it up. It's a good thing I brought it up. It wouldn't be frustrating (laughs) for the listeners at all. None of us would know how to act if we accidentally killed someone. We'd probably try to make a joke at first. Now you're upset that we've singled you out. No, no. That's the worst one to accidentally kill someone. No, I'm I'm going... I'm saying... um, because like picture it like in the scene of the moment what would you do would you try to make a joke you'd probably try to make a joke for a sec yeah right like what what would your nervous hallucinatory now you're in some sort of like (laughs) bizarre second world that you were never predicting would ever exist and now you're standing there with everyone going they're dead they're dead they're dead and you're like (laughs) you'd be like well, should we order a pizza? Or like you'd you'd be fucking your brain would be insane. You know what I think it would my make inst- you act insane. You know what I think my instinct would be would be to pretend I I it wasn't me. Like what what happened? Who did that? You put what, the gun who, in a dog's who mouth. Did- <laughs> it was a western, right? He puts the gun in the horse's mouth. Horse, how could you? <laughs> oh man, something something wrong with this horse. What the hell? The horse has the gun. <laughs> Did anybody 
Train the horse on gun safety. <laughs> the horse's tongue is wrapped around the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's almost... He puts, he, puts, <laughs> he puts his shirt on the horse, dude, and his cowboy hat on the horse, and runs away in his underwear. It seems like this horse has been starring in this film the whole time. He yells from behind a wall. <laughs> hey, everybody, look at the horse. <laughs> it's wearing his clothes. <laughs> Horses on track. <laughs> I heard this horse also is producing this yeah. movie. And... Taking part in poor labor practices. Look at the contract of this movie. <laughs> this horse. Alex's name is scratched out, and someone <laughs> wrote his horse. horse. There's a horse paw print, hoof print. Who's Horse <laughs> Industries <laughs> Productions Inc.? Apparently, <laughs> it says this horse's wife has been pretending to be Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> This horse's wife isn't a stallion at all. This horse has seven children that it needs to father now. Seven foals. <laughs> Is that what they are? <laughs> foals? Is that a whole baby horse? Yeah. Colts? Col uh, colts are boys. Mare? Mares are female horses. Mare is Olivia Chow. Mare, yes. <laughs> Mare. Well... Should we have a brief visit from the evilometer? All right, gentlemen, we have to give Alec Baldwin a score from one to ten. Tom has to do it first because he chose. Ten is most evil. One is least evil. You, I think. I think you could almost be like an evil score and on. I don't know, an asshole score too. Whatever you think. Mm, okay. Yeah, I mean, on the evil, I'll give him like a one point eight. Yeah. But on the asshole, 8.8. Yeah, I love that. So we got an asshole scale now, too. I'm just throwing it out there because he's blatantly not like really evil, but he's a jerk. Maybe. Well, he did technically kill somebody. True, but I kind of, I'm unsure. I mean, I don't know if he should be, if it was an accident. But it might be because of his negligence. Negligence. Yeah. This is going to. I guess he says he doesn't didn't pull the trigger, but I've acted with a prop gun once, and even though I think the barrel was loaded with concrete or something like that, it's still scary to hold a heavy gun. I don't know. I don't feel like you wave it around and imagine you pull the trigger and a cylinder <laughs> of concrete flies out and kills somebody. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? But I I'm going one on the evil. Mm. And yeah, I would say six on asshole because, God, if we want to start talking assholes in Hollywood, I also don't even think Alec takes the cake on that compared to a bunch of guys we've heard about. Yeah, true. Okay. I'll give him a 1.1 1 .1 on evil and yeah, like maybe a seven on the asshole scale. Well, I The daughter thing is really bad to me. The daughter thing is, yeah, reprehensible uh, for you sure. You know, she's not like your 18-year-old who... I don't know, did something really shitty. It's like an 11 year but old. But it does sound like he has an issue with dealing with pent up stress. 
Mm. And also, we don't know what kind of repair damage he may have done uh, for his daughter after that. And maybe, you know, maybe tenderly explain to her a lot that was going on that day. And maybe tried to smooth it out. We don't know that part. We just know the sensational story. True. (laughs) I'm the only one here with kids. (laughs) (laughs) Tom, before we go... Um, thank you. I hope you, you. I hope we can do a bonus episode after this. I know we've taken up your whole evening, but if you're up for it, also in Canada, you can watch Tom's Crave stand-up special. There's a uh sixty-five, yeah, sixty-five jokes. Yeah. By no, Tom it's Henry. sixty-six jokes. It's, yeah, it's sixty-six. Yeah. Why'd you say you had a sixty-five? Because you. I don't know. All right. I don't know, but like. What's my crave special called? Captain Bones. Oh, sorry. Oh. I'm bad with numbers. If you're in Canada... But it, I was going to mm, say, mm. Tom has a crave special that is killer that you can stream in James's favorite country. Absolutely. And only and if, there. And if you are here and here only, and you have <laughs> the five years. streaming app Crave... Horse Productions. Check out Tom's stand-up special. And also... No matter where you are, check out Tom's stand-up album called Tom Henry Kills on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever. All of them. Well, that was a... Thanks, Tom. That was another great episode of... This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!